This is The Deadbeat, where we talk all things obituaries, true crime, and the politics of loss. I'm Mary-Kate Gorman. And I'm Solana Quistorf. And they tune in and they're like, and then her fingers were dismembered and attached to her toes. And everybody's like, oh my God, this is so good. I love doing this. And with the obituary, you have to do a different kind of confronting death yeah. in those documents, I think. And people aren't interested. Like, yeah. they don't want to talk about the, the fact that life ends. Yeah. For starters, I do. I feel like we should introduce ourselves. That could work for, for me. I... Mary-Kate. This is the sound of my voice. And I am a master's student, a very boring academic at the University of Wyoming, getting my master's degree in English. And when you are a master's student, they make you uh, write a thesis. And my topic is obituaries, which is weird, I realize, but fascinating, fascinating. And I hope to convince you of that here. I've told you what Mike Edson said when I asked him if it was weird to write about obituaries, right? No, what did he say? He was like, well, yes, of course. <laughs> but everything that anybody in the humanities writes about ever is weird. And for those of you that don't know what Mary-Kate looks like, she has this tall column of black hair <laughs> with white squigglies on the side. And there's always, like, for some reason, this spot of light on her face. You know, like those old movies? And she's got bright red lips and fangs. So I didn't think it was that weird that she wanted to write about obituaries. It tracks. Do you want to talk about your project? In fact, I do. Thank you. This is Solana over here. This is what my voice sounds like. And I am so deeply sorry that you have to listen to it. What do you say? Like they say I have a face for radio, but I have a voice for for modeling <laughs> the way I would think about it. But I'm also a master's student. I'm also a freak. <laughs> so I write about true crime and missing women and just everything grim and gruesome you could ever think for my thesis. So here we are together doing a podcast about two horrible, <laughs> god-awful topics for no good reason other than they let us do it. Have you ever noticed how true crime podcasts and true crime is like, oh my God, let's get together. Let's sit down on the couch. Let's get some popcorn. Maybe we're road tripping. It's usually women. And they tune in and they're like, and then her fingers were dismembered and attached to her toes. And everybody's like, oh my God, this is so good. I love doing this. That weird phenomenon kind of kicked off my project. If I'm like, why the heck? This true crime function this way where it's like ingrained in the femme world so casually yeah. and we laugh about it and we joke about it and it's actually like real people that are dead yeah so that was kind of my project and then we came together and realized that by god both of these genres treat dead people like shit yes in some ways mm-hmm. the obituary certainly differently mm-hmm. but The thing is, it's so fascinating to me that people are so excited and passionate about true crime. Mm -hmm. 
especially the true crime podcast. You know, worldwide fame, hordes of fans, people are into it. The obituaries? Nobody cares about the obituary. No one, no one is reading the obituary section except me. I do read the obituary section. And I don't know if I told you that this, but when I was a kid, I used to read the obituaries. Really? Because Any particular my reason? Family and I would split the paper on Sundays, mm. and I would always take the comics, of course. Yes. And my siblings were illiterate, so they didn't take anything. <laughs> and then my parents took the sports section and like the whatever other sections that there are. I don't even know. And then. I would be like so morbidly fascinated that like people were dead and I couldn't quite understand my little my little kid brain couldn't quite comprehend death. Mm-hmm. And so I would read them because I feel like somebody needs to read them. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Yeah. But no one no one usually is just taking a gander at the obit section. Very true. They're not really of interest until you've lost somebody. Yeah. More often than not. And I realized that it was such a formulaic genre. I was like, this like you can just plug it into a machine and it'll spit out it it'll spit out an obituary for you. It's so formulaic. Yeah. And I was like, why what is this thing? And why do we write it? And so that kind of kicked me down the road, which I've been on for coming up on three years now, which is perhaps terrifying. Perhaps it's time for me to move on to something else. But I would just like to repeat that, that I'm pretty sure that Mary-Kate is the foremost researcher Absolutely on obituaries. Not. In fact, they not. should put that on a plaque. They should slap an honorary PhD after your name because you know what? God <laughs> damn it. No. This woman has done her stuff. No, uh, certainly certainly not. But there are, Solana, I'm glad you brought it up. There are scholars who have written about these things. And, in fact, one of the books that I first picked up when I got interested in obituaries and researching them is a book by Marilyn Johnson. I think it came out in 2006. Mm-hmm. And it is called The Deadbeat. No way. Lucky Stiffs. What? Are we going to get sued for that? Well, I'm, I'm giving her credit. Yeah, keep It's it. like a That's whole good. thing. It's like The Deadbeat, Lost Souls, Lucky Stiffs, and the Perverse Power of Obituaries. Nice. And after reading that, I learned that the people who write on the obituary desk, because her book is all about the folks who write obituaries, they call that job the deadbeat. Mm. Which I thought was very interesting. We're coming interesting. full circle here, folks. But I think that that also brings up another good point, which is we didn't want this to be a scholarly deal. Yes. Right, so the opening episodes are two. We might need to get in some of this theory and talk about why this project is happening. But what we really want to do is critique this genre that we're also simultaneously like steeped in here in this recording room with these sound panels and Greg and his dorky headphones (laughs) and use it to comment like on these genres in a public way for a public audience yeah Um, which gets tricky so we talked about some things that we do and do not want to do and maybe we could talk about that like one of the things that irks people maybe about the true crime podcast is the comedy element of it Mm mm-hmm Although I don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing because if women are feeling vulnerable all the time and talking about like horrible, bad stuff, I'm maybe okay with them laughing alongside it, not at Mm -hmm. it, maybe not with it, but alongside it. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think our uh, tone is going to be here, Mary-Kate? I mean, I hope it's certainly entertaining and I'm sure 
a little bit funny. Because we're hilarious. Uh, you're hilarious, Solana. <laughs> uh, I am less so. I think you're hilarious in like the quiet way where every word that comes out of your mouth, I need to hear because it's going to be fucking hilarious. Oh, I'm sure and, like, that's I'll just look at you when somebody says something and I'm not going to say dumb shit. I just look at you and you just give me this little like one eyebrow raise. That's, that's pretty funny. Thank you. I think sometimes my facial expressions are funnier than the words coming out of my mouth. No chance. But that was a funny eyebrow raise you just did. Anyway. Uh, sorry, tone. I, I don't want to make jokes about the tragedy or these people's stories, but I think we can make jokes about the way they sometimes get handled. Absolutely. And I think I think humor does. It's like a processing thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the same is true for we want this to be entertaining. Yeah. But we do not want to like sensationalize cases of tragedy. I'm kind of excited for that part that we're going to be focusing more on the forms of these genres than the content itself. Am mm-hmm. I am I right about that? You know. So then we can tease the practitioners of this genre who are doing wild stuff with it and have our hands off of like the victims of like actual tragedy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the kind of the goal of this project, this podcast is just calling attention to how these genres operate. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think either of us are staking out super hard and fast morality claims. We're not as interested in right and wrong, I think, as much as how Mm -hmm. and then what that means for the genre, both right now and potentially moving forward. Yeah. And I I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's important to say that that's how Mary-Kate and I started talking about this stuff together, is we both like to listen to shows like My Favorite Murder and Crime Junkie. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think it's important for us as white women, straight, wealthy, educated. I mean, not wealthy in this exact moment, but not impoverished. Yeah. Privileged. To, privileged women. Yeah, privileged women. To comment as insiders to this world, mm-hmm. as murderinos and crime junkies and all of these things. Yeah. To figure out exactly what's going on. And I think the same is true for obituaries because we... We are steeped in the society that has a weird thing about death. Yes, absolutely. And I think we're not interested in guilt tripping anybody who's a fan of these things or who's invested in these things. And in fact, I love reading the obituaries. Yeah. Is that weird to say? No, no, I don't think so. But I really do. And I, I find a lot of them touching and endearing mm-hmm. and wonderful and beautifully written sometimes oftentimes and i'm never critiquing how people frame an obituary for a loved one and i'm never critiquing the subject of the obituary i'm never critiquing the person who has died but i am interested in how we automatically default to this genre and what does that genre actually allow us to do and how does it actually allow us to remember people And I think I feel the same way about true crime where there is an argument to be made that there is a psychological reason that women are addicted to true crime. I believe that. And especially when you hear 
all these horrible stories of women, all different kinds of women, and especially we know certain women are more vulnerable than others. They're freaked out and they're scared and they're scared of men. And so I am in the same boat where I don't want to shame anybody who is interested in these things and likes to listen to them. I don't think there's anything wrong with them or me or you, you know, especially not with reading something like obituaries. I think it's a way to cope with the way we are in the world. We've had this conversation before, too, where I think a dead body is easier to talk about than death. And I feel like in a, in a weird, backwards way, it almost creates a distance for us where mm-hmm. we're like, well, these things are happening not to me. Yeah. And with the obituary, you have to do a different kind of confronting death yeah. in those documents, I think. And people aren't interested. Like, yeah. they don't want to talk about the, the fact that life ends. Yeah, that's interesting because... All kinds of deaths lead to an obituary. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary deaths lead to a true crime story. That's interesting. But I do think that there's this moment in true crime where the question of what if that were me? Mm -hmm. And we see that in the like if I go missing folder phenomenon that happened out of podcasts. Mm -hmm. A lot of time podcasters will say, if this would me, I would do X, Y, Z. The slogans stay sexy, don't get murdered, as if that were you in that position and somehow you could avoid it, which yeah. is problematic in its own right, you know, but... Yeah. Very interesting. I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like when I came to the true crime podcast genre, I listened to it, and in the back of my mind, I subconsciously was like, if I consume enough of this content and listen to enough of these stories... I can somehow find a way to to avoid this happening to me or be able to spot it. Like, I'll just be able to know. And of course you can't. Like, that is absolutely not how it works. Yeah. But there is... we know that. Yeah. There's actually a sociological study who I can link to in our show notes. But they were looking at true crime books and they found that women more often than men pick up these books and they most often pick up books with either survival tips or the psychology of the killer so that they could understand them more for exactly that reason that it could potentially help them survive. Which to me, that's so sad Mm -hmm. that enough of these women, and myself included, listen to these things because they're scared of being in the situation. So that's a little taste. Yeah. What we're interested in. I think that maybe we should end this with our fears, maybe, or our anxieties of what's going to happen in this podcast. I'm worried about the sound of my own voice. That's going to be horrible, no matter what. <laughs> the mouth noises. Yeah. Nails on a chalkboard? Whatever. We can't undo it. <laughs> Never heard of him. Um, we could start smoking. Right now. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm worried about that. I'm worried about, again, I just want to make it clear that we're certainly talking about some sensitive stuff and we are talking about people's stories, but I never ever am coming from a place of critiquing the actual person, the actual subject or their story. Mm -hmm. I'm most interested in looking at how we tell the story and why we tell it the way we do. And what does that say about what we value about people and how does the hierarchy of memory work and things like that. Those are the questions I'm interested in. 
So I just want to handle all of the stories sensitively and appropriately, and I never want it to sound like I'm critiquing a person. Yeah. Because that's usually not the case. And I don't know. I just hope that our personalities come through. Like, Salon is very cute and funny and sassy and wonderful. Oh, stop on blushing. <laughs> you see? You see? And I feel like it just kind of oozes out of her. And I... I don't know. Mary Kate. I feel like I Oh my have... gosh, you're an Amazon woman. Come on. <laughs> you're smart and funny. Well articulated. A bombshell. Uh, no. I feel like I... My personality, I feel like, is the equivalent of like a casserole. Like generally... Oh my God. Generally, like usually a crowd pleaser, right? It's fine. And it'll it'll feed a lot of people, but like it's not a showstopper, you know. <laughs> Jesus, you've never had my mom's casserole, then. Okay, Mary Kate, you're being rude to casseroles right now. I would just like everybody to know that Greg's face is bright red because he's trying not to laugh out loud. <laughs> Sorry to call attention to that, Greg. No, there you go. All right, so I'm worried Sorry, about yes. Mary Kate's self-deprecation. No. We're also trying to say sorry less because I think Mm. women try to shrink behind the word sorry. Myself included. Me too. I am equally worried about the ethics and the standards that we're holding ourselves to because we want to critique the genre while doing the genre, which is very complicated and maybe above both of our heads. Mm -hmm. With that said, along with this tester, whoever we're sending it to, we're going to send you our code of ethics because we know that we're going to be causing harm. Stories do. People do. It's going to happen. We're going to try our best to avoid it, obviously, but I'm excited to stop that, diagnose that, correct that as needed Mm -hmm. and as the genre, I think, needs in a way that I'm a little nervous to get maybe that vulnerable. But I think that it will be good for the way that we tell stories about these things. Yeah, absolutely. Also worried about sounding like an idiot. Impossible. I know I'm going to make an enemy or two. That's kind of a good way to live your life, really. I think that we should all have an enemy. Just two isn't too bad. Yeah. And it's so much fun if you have a nemesis who just like (laughs) is out to get you, you know, then you know where it's coming from. (laughs) And like, you know, a bird poops in my car and then I'm like, ah, my nemesis, (laughs) Greg, I know he did this. You know, I hope Greg is my nemesis because that's a conflict of interest here. No. I'm also worried that uh, what we have to say is not as important as what we think we have to say. And that even the people who are have to listen to this podcast because they're advising us will be like, I can't wait for this thing to end. <laughs> and everybody's like, I'm so excited for your podcast. And I'm you like, know. what if we sound like a couple of slugs? But surely I have to believe for my own sake <laughs> more than anything that this is not something that would keep me up at night for three years if it just didn't matter. If it just tanked. I think that's a good because it's not like we're trying stand up comedy. In a room full of people that we knew and invited. In fact, I think I would die if I tried it. And we just flunked, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I would die too. And there's nobody else in this room except for you and Greg, which is very comforting. Right? Yeah. So, you know what? If you don't like our podcast, shove it. <laughs> Unless you're our two readers or second readers or third yeah. readers. Our committee's kind of, we hope, like it. Yeah, those, and those you don't have to shove it if you don't like it. You could just tell us how to fix it. <laughs> In fact, maybe we should edit that out. (laughs) Oh, God. We're sending it out. No, but I think this has been very helpful. And come back next week Mm -hmm. 
because we are going to chat about a little introduction and history to each of our genres Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and some of the beef we have with our genres. Yes. And as always, be a blessing, not a curse. This is the latest from the Deadbeat. That is Mary Kay Gorman. And that is Solana Quistorf. And we want to thank you for listening. If you like what you heard here, tell a friend. And then definitely check out our website, thedeadbeatpodcast.com, where we will have links to research, cool extra content, and all the material referenced in the episode. And we'd love to hear from you. Send your comments, questions, feedback, and ideas for future episodes to comments at deadbeatpodcast.com. As always, a huge thank you to our producer, Greg Ronco, without whom this project would not be possible. Thank you to the English department at the University of Wyoming, specifically our thesis and reading exam committees for supporting us in our scholarly endeavors, no matter how odd they may be.